clobbering time. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and once again, Dr. Bill is literally on assignment because Dr. Bill is at work, while Scott and I are sitting on our large posteriors doing some comic book <laughs> talk. <laughs> Sitting on my ass. Yeah, I love it. Sitting on our fat asses. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself, pal. Mine, mine's not as fat as it used to be. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm talking uh, figuratively. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. <laughs> so we're once again going to jump in and take a look at the next chapter in our Thing versus the Hulk anthology. Would that be a good... Uh, Description Re- for it. Uh, re- retrospective, yeah. So now, we, before we started recording, were having a discussion as to the lack of reliability uh, of the sources we have for all of these fights. And we think we're good with the next two that we're covering, but we can't guarantee. <laughs> so if somewhere along the line we learn of uh, one that we skipped over by accident, we'll have to jump back and cover it. You know, retroactively. But for now, today, uh, we're going to take a look at what we think are the next two installments in this chain, oh my God. which would be Hulk number 122 and Fantastic Four number 112. This is giving me Phantom Zone seen? flashbacks because I'm having the same issue with that show. Because <laughs> every time I think, okay, this this is all the appearance, then I find another one, and then recently I found one that uh, that I missed when I was when I was going through. There's there's one that's like within like a couple of months of the Phantom Zone becoming a thing. I, I found another you know quick appearance. It, it's just like a one panel appearance in some like Supergirl backup story or something, but I missed it in the initial coverage. So yeah, it's. It's a pain when uh, when you can't find any definitive list for things like this. And I'm shocked in this day and age with all the blogs and podcasts and comic book resources out there and everything that uh, that there's not. But, uh, it, it's funny because there's, you know, when you do a search, there's a clobbering times, a history of Hulk versus Thing battles on CBR. And then you click on it and it doesn't give you a list of the battles. Right. So if anybody <laughs> listening... If anybody listening has a good source for that history, you know, for a chronological uh, publication order, preferably, right. list of, uh, I hate my phone. <laughs> uh, if, anybody, if anybody has a, a chronological list, you know, in, in publication order of meetings between these two, uh, we'd be very happy to... Uh, to take a look at it and try and use that to guide us some because we do plan on bringing this all the way through and covering everything uh 
but you know it's going to take us a little while and uh, we need to make sure we're, we're you know we're trying to be comprehensive put right it that way so as as we stated the first one that we have is incredible hulk volume 1 number 122 would you like me to uh Synopsisize this one, or did you want to do this? Uh, I do not have synopses. Are you taking them like from the Marvel? Uh, taking them right from Marvel database, okay. like the lazy, lazy so and so that no, I am. Oh, that's fine. That's what I figured we were gonna do. So yeah, if you want to do this one, I'll hunt up the one for the next one, and I'll I'll, I'll cover that one. So yeah. Okay. So this this was published in December of 1969. Uh, it has a cover by Herb Trimpey, which shows. Uh, the thing and the Hulk actually standing on a ledge of, uh, I guess, a skyscraper of some sort fighting, while in the background, uh, Mr. Fantastic is reaching over with a large hand, the Human Torch is flying by, and Crystal and uh, Sue Storm are in the level of the building below, looking out a window as if they're on the Batman 66 TV series. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the thing is saying, you've had it, Hulk. This is your last fight. Uh, I have to say, and you know I am generally a Herb Trimpey defender. Uh, I am a fan of Herb Trimpey's art. I'm a fan of Herb Trimpey, having met him and th- think you know of him personally as being a very, very nice guy before he passed away. Uh, this is not one of my favorite Herb Trimpey books in general, because we're going to talk about it, the interior art as well when we get to it. I'm just, I, I, I don't know if this was rushed or what, but this just is not, it's not doing it for me. This particular cover, uh, I don't like the uh, anatomy on the Hulk. I think he looks a little out of proportion, his legs as compared to his upper body. Uh, the thing looks a little smallish to me, but then he always seems a little smallish when drawn next to the Hulk, because the Hulk is supposed to be larger. Uh, I don't like the fact that he has. Sue and Crystal, who look to be almost Jack Kirby-ish in the way they're drawn, uh, but I don't like the way, you know, they're just not in the battle at all. They're, they're just onlookers. Uh, so, overall, this is just not one of my favorite covers, so we'll start there. Right. The story itself is called The Hulk's Last Fight. It's written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Herb Trimpey, lettered by Artie Simic, and edited by Stan Lee. The synopsis indicates that continuing his travels, the Hulk spots a train and believes that it is bringing soldiers and weapons to harm him. And so the green giant attacks, derailing the train. Afterwards, the monster stumbles off into the woods until the confused behemoth ends up passing out and falling asleep. In that slumber, the Hulk changes back into Bruce Banner, who eventually revives and stumbles upon the wreckage. Cursing his alter ego for its swath of destruction, Banner takes advantage of the chaos to steal some clothing. In doing so, he comes across a newspaper in the wreckage. The headline is a story about how Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four has developed a cure for Bruce Banner's transformations into the Hulk. In reading about this, Banner decides to return to New York. Banner realizes that the cure needs some alterations, however. At the Baxter Building headquarters of the Fantastic Four, the FF are meeting with the men who have come to provide support for Reed Richards, who hopes for Banner to come to them once he learns of the news. Elsewhere, Bruce Banner is stowing away in a cattle car, where he completes his notes on the changes that need to be made of Reed Richards' cure, and puts it in a bundle of ho- in a bundle in the hopes that if he transforms into the Hulk, the information could be accessed. However, two hobos riding the rails with him think the pouch may contain money and try to rob him. Getting excitable, Banner then transforms into the Hulk, and the hobos jump from the train in fear. 
The Hulk, confused to find himself on the train, jumps off the locomotive as well and quickly passes out once more and reverse back, to, back into Bruce Banner. As the day progresses, General Ross has sent out a team to search for the Hulk, which turns out to be fruitless. When Betty raises her concerns over Bruce Banner's safety, General Ross and General Talbot dismiss it as female hysteria. That night, Bruce Banner arrives in New York and shows up at the Baxter Building. When the security guard manning the elevator to the FF's penthouse headquarters prevents Banner from entering the building, Bruce gets upset enough to transform into the Hulk. The Hulk, remembering Banner's need to enter the FF's headquarters, but not remembering why, and assuming the Fantastic Four mean him harm, smashes his way up to the penthouse. Hearing the commotion, Reed Richards sends the Thing to investigate, which leads to a battle between the two powerhouses. Easily battling the Thing, easily batting the Thing down the elevator shaft, the Hulk ends up in a battle against the rest of the Fantastic Four and Crystal, whose attacks are ineffectual, but manage to keep the Hulk at bay long enough for the Thing to climb back up and rejoin the fight. This time, the Thing is better prepared for fighting the Hulk, and during their battle, the Hulk tries to pounce on Ben. However, Ben ducks out of the way, and the Hulk goes smashing through the wall instead, and down to the street below. As the Hulk is disoriented, Reed Richards uses a ray gun to stun the Hulk so that he may cure Banner of being the Hulk without any further conflict. The story is continued next issue. So, uh, obviously we both read this one. Uh, I gotta say, this is a little bit of a disappointment to me. I was not really crazy about this one. I, I already mentioned I, I thought the art looks a little rushed to me. It didn't really do much for me and the story just seems to have some like serious plot holes and uh convenient things that happen like you know when he converts back into the into bruce banner just conveniently whenever it you know suits the story um he remembers what's convenient for the story uh he puts his little notes into his his waist and and sue sue notices it and says oh those must be from bruce banner i mean it's just there's just too much of that stuff right here so, on a whole, I was not happy with this issue. I don't know about you. What do you think? Um, I started to make detailed notes on this, and then I thought, oh, my God, we'll be here all day. Um, so, yeah, in short, I completely agree with you. Um, first off, on the art. Now, in in all fairness, you know, full, full disclosure, I, I was never a Herb Trimpy guy. Um, however, much like Jack Kirby, I've come to really appreciate him, and I have found stuff of his that I really like. Unfortunately, this issue's not one of them, but I, I think I finally figured out what my problem with his Hulk is. I don't like his Hulk. Because, like, I'll give you an example. Page two. That shot of the train in the very first panel on page two, that's awesome. That really looks good. I mean, that's... Um, I mean, I dare say photorealistic, you know, it, it's, it's well detailed. I, I like just the, the level of detail that he went into. I mean, if other artists had done this picture, they may have just done a simple, you know, outline of a train, you know, crossing a trestle. I mean, he's put in all this detail. Um, we used to have a railroad that ran past my house where I lived, you know, cause I lived across the street from a paper mill at one time when I was a kid. And so trains would run in and out of there all the time. So looking at this picture, I mean, it just looks so authentic with, you know, the, the logos and, you know, all the stuff that's on the side of the box cars. And I mean, that's a, an incredible level of detail that he didn't really have to go into, but he did. And it looks really, really good. But then I look at, 
like every figure of the Hulk, and not just in this issue, but but Trimpy's uh, Hulk in general. And I don't know what he's going for. I'm assuming he's going for you know huge, imposing, muscular monster, but he just comes off as fat ass to me. That's what he looks. Every time I see Trimpy's Hulk, I think the same thing. I think fat ass. And so he just he doesn't look scary. He doesn't. He just looks like a big green fat ass to me. I just I just don't like it, you know. And his face looks weird. Um, but you know, most all the rest of the art in this, I you know, I like his his FF look really good. His, I think the thing looks really good. Um, so yeah, overall, I I really like the rest of the art in the book. Um, it looks like quintessential Marvel of this period to me, and I, I like that sort of thing. I just don't care for the actual figure of the Hulk himself, um, which is kind of you know frustrating because that, he's the guy. You know, it's it's his book. So, but I, I think see, I, th- I think you and I agree on some things and disagree on some others. I do get the large, imposing behemoth from Trimpey's physical. Uh, renderings of the Hulk in most instances. In this book in particular, I think it's very inconsistent and it's hit and miss, and I'll see if I could give you a couple of examples of where I think it's a miss. Uh, I just had it, damn it. On uh, Oh yeah, okay, on page... I, I, this is one of my, my big ones here. On page 19... The top panel. Uh, you, you look at his body from from the, the chest up, and he looks enormous and and just really like you know like a brute. And then you look at it from the chest down, and it looks like he's turning back into Banner. Yeah, it's it's the 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 size is just not right on him. Right. Uh, I think the I think his facial renderings of the Hulk in this, which I'm usually pretty good with, uh, just don't do it for me here. There's a couple of them that I think are really bad, and I'll go to page thirteen, uh, the second row, all the way on the left, the the close up of his face. It it, it looks like a, almost a scary image, but it doesn't look like the Hulk. Uh, so there's a lot of things like that. The uh, next to last shot I, of the Hulk in the book, where he's you know on the on page twenty, he's going for now. Hulk will arg. That looks like Arnold as the Hulk. His nose is all funny and <laughs> yeah, his, his face is very inconsistent in this yeah. book. I also I don't care for the way he draws the FF at all. I don't like his thing. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm looking. What's that first shot? Is on page. Well, the first shot that bothered me of them. Uh, here we go. It's on uh, page six, the top panel. Uh, I, I really don't like his Johnny Storm there, and it looks like it's almost a, a pa- like a like a screen cap from uh, the old, you know, Fantastic Four TV show from the 1960s. Right. Uh, you know, the the lack of detail to them, I just don't like it at all. Uh, so this this is and again I am usually a Herb Trimpey supporter and uh, this this is just this book didn't do it for me and I don't know if it's the fact that he's inking himself or maybe he was rushed maybe he's inking himself because he was rushed because they didn't have anybody else available right. uh, on page uh, what number is this one page nine the middle left one I like his Hulk there that's I think that's the one where you look and you see fat ass and I look and I see imposing. The one where he's just changed and the clothes are all ripped. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, I don't like that. He's. 
I, I like the basic idea of the picture, but I don't like the final rendering of it. For one, I, I'm assuming, like you are, that he's inking himself. Uh, I think this is a really good argument. It, it's funny, because we just talked about this in a recent show I was listening to, about you know certain artists should not ink themselves. I think this is a good argument for Trimpy shouldn't ink himself, because I just don't think it's a good inking job at all. Um but yeah, I see what he's going for, and I can see where you can look at that and think, okay, yeah, but to me it's just... And again, I think part of it's wacky anatomy coupled with the fact that, I don't know, he just it looks like fat as opposed to muscle. And I'm not sure where... I think the problem is that it's not... His musculature is not well-defined, so he looks doughy. You see what I'm saying? As opposed to, I, I get, I get how you can interpret it that way. I just see it differently. You know, I'm not, I'm not telling you you're wrong. Uh, it just, you know, it's, it's really in the eyes of the beholder. I think. I just, I think if, if the musculature was more, because I mean, if you, if you took like we, we just looked at that Marvel Fanfare 45 by Byrne. I think if you went in there and you could, you know, magically erase some of the, the musculature and, and definement of his muscles then you'd probably come up with the same thing. You'd come up with Fat-Ass Hulk because he's massive. And I think that's kind of what's going on here. I think if a little more time and, and care was put into really defining his musculature, then yes, he, he's massive and he'd look really cool. But I just I look at him and I think just doughy. It, it doesn't look like muscle. It looks like fat to me. So I don't know. I just... I'm not as crazy about it as, as I feel like I should be, but I, I generally do really like the rest of the art in this. Um, I like it because it's it's very Kirby-esque, and I, I can see that. I, I, I don't know... I don't know Kirby... Uh, excuse me, Trimpy enough to know is this his own style, or is he heavily aping uh, Kirby because he was being instructed to, but I, I, especially the FF, uh, I look at and I just think he's, he's go he's trying to do Kirby as close as he possibly can is what I'm thinking with this. I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, I see, I see a lot of Trimpy style in the, in the faces that I'm looking at, but I also see, uh, where, where was it? I was just looking at a picture of Sue storm, uh, the top, Top right, top left on page seventeen. <laughs> I was just on that. Uh, but you know what it looks like to me, though, besides the fact that it does look like he's trying to uh, ape Kirby a little bit in the way he drew her, but it also looks like he kind of, as he inked it, he ran out of space a little bit, <laughs> so her features don't quite fit right on her face. Right. They're almost a little too large for her face. So I, I didn't like that. One of the things about this, and it's it's a it's a thing that only recently bugs me. I don't know why, but it's it's a trope that Stan started, and it's been done over and over and over and over with the Hulk, and sometimes with the Thing. And I just it bothers me now every time I see it, is when they either take a railroad track as they do in this one, or a sidewalk, and they treat it like it's a carpet. Yes. Yeah, that was. It, it doesn't work. The, the, my two <laughs> biggest, like, just what the hell moments in this issue were uh, the thing with the with cracking the whip with the railroad tracks, which I mean, it's an incredible visual, but I mean, the physics don't the work. The physics don't at all work, and I, you know, I can't think of a time, even from being a little little kid, where I would look at this and not go, "What?" 
because that just doesn't work. And then, see, as a kid, it didn't bother me, but like of late, every time I see it, it's, I, I just roll my eyes and I think, what the hell? What bugs me even more about this is, okay, so he starts to do it on page two, the last panel of page two. He like raises the tracks over his head, but it's really page three where he does the like, kind of like cracking the whip, and he slams the tracks down, which causes this ripple, and we see it in the first panel where the ripple is is tossing the train and all the cars into the air, but it's really the second panel where everything's like, it's all over the place, and the train is, is well up in the air and being tossed up. Now, if you look really close in that second panel, you can see someone falling out of the train, right? The very next panel, the Hulk, you know, goes on his rampage and everything, and we see the wreckage of the train and people pulling themselves out, and a guy says, it's the Hulk stomping off. We're lucky uh, that this was just a, a freight train with no passengers, and the guy says, we're even luckier to be alive ourselves. I'm thinking, you're goddamn right, because there's no way, there's no way that this train could get tossed that high in the air and not kill people. So... You know, oh, yeah. Uh, Even may, with only three of them on yeah, board. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there may be survivors, but there's also got to be, there's got to be bodies. You know, there's got to be, you know, people that are dead from this. And, you know, while yeah. I don't subscribe to the, I forget who it was. I want to say Joe Casada, but I don't want to blame the wrong person. But there was somebody when the Ultimates came along that was very public about the fact of the Hulk murdering people in the Ultimates book was was their uh, assertion that, look, there's no way on, on all the rampages the Hulk had gone on over the years that he didn't accidentally kill somebody. And I've never subscribed to that. But you look at this right here and you're like, there's no way he could do this and not kill somebody. I mean, that train is being tossed. What? It's got to be 50 feet in the air or better. So, yeah, it's it's flat ridiculous. There was that moment, and then the other one that really stood out to me is after the Hulk uh, takes his nap and wakes up his banner, he goes down, he surveys the damage. I always like these scenes where Banner's really torn up about the damage that the Hulk has caused. The, some re for some reason, that never gets old to me. And he goes down, he sees the, the damage, and he finds a whole bunch of uh, men's suits that were on this train for some reason. And so he takes one. And we see him, you know, dressed up, you know, rather nicely. He's got, you know, new pants and a shirt and a jacket and everything. Um, and it's all like this gray-blue color. Well, then when he becomes the Hulk again later on page uh, 8 and 9, it's, it's really on page 9, the, the panel that you pointed out where he's fully the Hulk, he's tearing the remnants of the jacket off of him, which are still blue-gray, but now he's got purple pants again. And a rope so, holding them on. Yeah, so where... Because <laughs> when he found the suit in the train, it had a rope to hold it <laughs> off. <laughs> well, I'm just... I'm wondering, you know, was he wearing the purple pants under the other pants? Because that just doesn't make any sense. Now, I know why, because by this point in 69, this was a licensed character. He was appearing on television. So I get that. But it's still... So stupid. 
It's, it's, I, I, I remember at some point, I don't know if it was my own silly headcanon or somebody wrote it in the letters column or something to that effect, but there was somewhere along the line it was postulated that somehow in the transformation, the gamma radiation just makes whatever he's wearing appear purple. Yeah, I remember reading that too. I'm, I'm, I couldn't tell you where I read that, but yeah, I read the same thing. So yeah, you and I are... I, I, I kind of, you know, I think that's a silly, stupid answer, but I accept it because it's the only <laughs> way I can read these things. I, I guess, but I, 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 one of my favorite Hulk moments ever was during the, the Peter David run, the, the Joe Fixit era, where he, he, he hadn't been Banner for a long, long time. And then he becomes Banner again and goes clothes shopping in Las Vegas and goes into this place selling purple pants. And he, he just, as a nod to the, to the reader, he says something like, Oh, never again, or something like that, which I thought was just great. You know, <laughs> this whole thing. Was- well, it's sim- similar to in the, uh, the Ed- Edward Norton movie when, uh, he, he's looking at pants and there's a pair of large purple pants and he kind of holds them up and kind of shakes his head and walks away. <laughs> It's just, it's ridiculous. But yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, one of the things, one of the storylines about this that actually kind of just really annoyed me is, uh, you know, Reed Richards has this plan for, uh, you know, for Bruce Banner to come. And, uh, you know, he, he sets up the, uh, he, he sets up the, the security people to say, you know, your job is to make sure nobody gets hurt. Bruce Banner's to get up here because, you know, we, we put that article in the paper because we want him to come here. And then as soon as he comes, there's, there's a security guard who just came on duty, doesn't know, and, and upsets him to the point where he turns into the Hulk. That pissed me it's off like... the aspect. They try to cover it because this guy is relieving a buddy of his whose wife just had I don't care. Okay, the- when you're doing something that yeah, important, you need to have him briefed on what's going what on. What is he guarding then? Because he says something about, uh, you know, I didn't have time for a proper briefing. Well, well, what briefing did you get then if you don't even know why you're standing at the elevator? Which he clearly doesn't because the guy that he's supposed to be waiting for just walks up to him and he's like, I can't let you in here. It's like, so I, I get that you're trying to be dramatic and everything, but think about what you're writing for a second because you've literally given this guy no purpose whatsoever. If he doesn't even know why he's standing at the elevator, then the scene doesn't work and it doesn't work at all. It's really stupid. And if he knows that had he been briefed, he might have been told that this guy was coming, then he would have been a little bit more inquisitive instead of being so uh, confrontational. Right. He said, hold on, hold on, please. Let me let me call up and see with Reed Richards, make sure it's okay, and then I'll send you up. Right. Exactly. It wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't just automatically start going for your gun. <laughs> you thought you see he's fully prepared to shoot Banner over this thing. Oh, it's it's it really is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 annoyed when me. When did uh, Banner get so aggressive anyway? I mean, he. I always liked him better when he's the meek and mousy guy. And in this, I mean, he, he gets tough with the with the guard that's not going to let him into the elevator. I guess he could. Yeah, couldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't he just, shouldn't he be also saying, please call Reed Richards, let him know I'm here, <laughs> and I'll be able to take the elevator up. Right. <laughs> Instead, he's, you know, he tries to shove his way by. So it's, it's like two morons. <laughs> Now, just just to go back slightly on it, uh, 
I do like, just because I was very critical of it, uh, I do like some of the artwork here uh, from, like, the train on, like, he turns back into Bruce Banner. We have this, this scene with the uh, the, the jets. Uh, and then we and I really like the, the scene when he's in New York, when he comes to the Baxter building in the rain. Just very moody looking, very dark. Uh, I thought that was all well done. Now, again, though, where did he get these clothes? From the train. No, because he was on a different train by that point that had gone, uh, at least theoretically, had gone a sizable distance from the train that he got the clothes. Because he, he, he... Yeah, because well, yeah, he turned into the Hulk uh, when, he, uh, when he was confronted by the hobos. And there, there is a little... Con- little continuity there because they do show as Bruce Banner that he does have the rope tied around his waist. Uh, As stupid as that is. Uh, Yeah, but then he turns into the Hulk and then he turns back and yeah, I don't know where he got this unless he had like a a pack with him or something (laughs) where he brought extra clothes. I don't know. I mean, in theory, I guess, but you know, yeah, that's unlikely. I think that's just a continuity issue. The whole thing with with the note you know, with the formula or whatever that he puts in the little pouch and then ties around it, it didn't make any sense to me anyway, because he, he reads something in the paper and then says to himself something about, I'm, I'm not looking at the actual page, but he says something like, well, he's going to need this this part of the formula. And I'm like, well, surely the paper didn't print a formula. So how does he even know what theory or whatever Richards is working with? I, I yeah, just, no, it's, it's the the dialogue is is poorly written there. It should have been something more along the lines of, well, these these you know there are certain things that I've come to realize in the last few months that Reed should know, be aware of before he tries to use his cure or whatever. Right, something yeah, like that exactly. would be a, it would be effective. But the way it's written, it's as if he had the formula in front of him, and right. and he did the calculations like Reed with Doctor Doom in college. Right. So yeah, no, it didn't make sense at all. So let's let's uh, let's take a look at the thing in the Hulk here. So the first confrontation is as the Hulk is climbing the elevator shaft, and he punches through the floor of the elevator, basically decking the uh, the thing and sending him flying well out of the building. So round one of this particular fight goes to the Hulk just for that. Then when the thing comes back, he. Uh, you know, he attacks, it's like hitting a brick wall and knocking it through another brick wall. Hulk gets right back up. I like the color they, in there right here because it looks like the thing's in his underpants. That's actually pretty <laughs> He's got tight. <laughs> so th- then they do the Arnold Schwarzenegger call where there's hand uh, <laughs> wrestling. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing a pencil and been making you weak, Banner. Uh <laughs> So yeah, he he's he says he's stronger than me. I have to use the old grim gray matter, and he ducks out of the way. So kind of round two of this particular battle goes to the thing for just using his intelligence. <laughs> does, does that and that's it. Of the Hulk, the next to last panel on page nineteen, he almost looks like a green Wolverine right there. <laughs> yeah, the way his hair is up in the air, and he almost looks like he should have claws. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you're right. That's that's pretty much that is pretty much the extent of the fight. 
Now, for any, I'm, I'm ready to declare this particular round a draw. a draw. Yeah, they each got one good lick in essentially. Um, for any listeners that may be wondering, well, this ends, you know, with the FF and the thing still there and the Hulk's knocked down. So what happens beyond this? They they don't tussle again, which is why we're not covering beyond this issue. I, I did look ahead just to see. Um, this was fun for me just in the sense of this is about a this is less than a year ahead of where I am in my read through. So it was like a little sneak peek of, you know, things that lie down the road for both the Hulk and the, the Fantastic Four. So this, that was it was kind of fun, you know, from that aspect. And looking ahead at the next issue, it was kind of neat that the Hulk's at least on the surface, appears that he's headed into some interesting uh, areas uh, development-wise and everything uh, during this particular time. So this should be fun, because this is an era of the Hulk that I'm largely unfamiliar with, and also an era of the FF I'm not terribly familiar with either. So, yeah, it was interesting from that, uh, from that angle. But as far as... Uh, an actual thing tussle uh, perspective. It was yeah, it was kind of lackluster, and the story, frankly, was kind of stupid. Yeah. So why don't we rate this book overall? Unless there's some other notes that you want to hit on before we get on to the next one. No, that was pretty much it. Like I said, I started to to make like nitpicker notes, and then I realized, oh my god, we'll be here all day if I do this. So yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of nits oh, to pick. Yeah, a one. lot. I mean, there's there's plot holes you could drive that train through. So. Uh, yeah, I'll do grades real quick. Um, cover, I like the cover, uh, but I'm not nuts about the cover. But I, I do like it. My, my favorite thing about the cover, honestly, though, is the look on Sue's face. She's just, it's like she's been watching TV and she's looking out the window like, what the hell is that racket out there? It's just, I love the annoyed look on her face. That, that's my favorite part of it. Um, I'll say a solid on the cover because I, I think the layout of it is pretty cool uh, although some of the faces are wonky. The, the Hulk does look wonky Reed really looks wonky he looks like he's shape changing his face right there or something so it just looks a little strange but overall I think it's a pretty dynamic cover um, interior art um, I like a lot of it I just don't really care for the Hulk some of the faces are a little weird but some of the I mean the ones that I look at and go, oh, that looks weird, uh, you know, they're quintessential uh, trimpy faces, too, you know, with the the gritted teeth and that sort of thing. So, I mean, that those are just trimpy-isms that, you know, I've, I've come to kind of get used to over the years. And, you know, the thing where the, the teeth are all just solid white in the mouth, <laughs> that always cracks me up. Um, so, but the, I do think the inking is really weak in this. So, art-wise... Um, Art-wise, I think I'm going to go a, I don't know, I'm tempted to go much lower, but I think I'll say a B-, because overall I really did like it, and I was very impressed with, uh, like, the train. For some reason, the, the train really impressed me, the the, uh, the Air Force jet really impressed me. I think he's really good with, like, equipment and, you know, vehicles and that sort of thing. Um, maybe it's the people not so much. And then story, the story I'm going to give a D. It's so stupid. I mean, the only part of this that really made any logical sense was 
Richard comes up with a possible cure for the Hulk and is trying to get the Hulk to come to him. Okay, I get that. Why then? Why do you have to go to this, you know, just extreme measures of convolutedness to to throw all the, this other nonsense into the story? Is it just to pad the the pages out or something? I, that I didn't get. Because it does just get convoluted and silly in a lot of places that it, it just didn't need to get, you know, get Banner to see a, a newspaper and, and head to the Baxter building and have a tussle. And they spend so much time with this other nonsense. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Overall, uh, overall, say C plus. Okay. We're not going to be that far off from each other, really. Um, the cover... See, here's the deal with the cover. If I was a kid going to the newsstand, I'd buy this in a heartbeat. It's got the thing battling the Hulk on the cover. They're front and center. Uh, you know, it, it's set up in a way to, to attract the eye. I'd have no problem with it at all. With it at all, excuse me. The problem I have with it is there's six characters on the cover... And the three that are the best drawn are the ones who are least consequential to the cover. <laughs> Sue, Crystal, and the, and the Human Torch. Yes. That's very true. Uh, it's, it's really the rent, it's, it's, the layout is fine, although it has nothing to do with what goes on in the story because they never fight out on the ledge. Uh, but I'm okay with the layout. I just, it's the actual renderings and it really is the way the Hulk is drawn most of all that I'm not happy with in this cover. So, it's, conceptually good and there's parts of it that are good but overall it's a little disappointing to me so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say a c it's okay you know it's, it's not bad it, it just it, it's got such potential to be so much better that's the problem right. with it the interior art there are aspects of it as you say that are really good the train is really good the airplane is really good uh, i think some of the sequences from a storytelling point are pretty good uh but there's other things that are just, you know, certain, uh, you know, parts where their bodies are drawn that don't look right. There's, you know, just, just kind of an, some anatomy things that don't look good to me. And a lot of the faces, they're, they're, you know, they're not up to the level I think they should be. Uh, and I, I think a lot of it probably does come down to Trimpy inking himself. I think if you could have put Joe Sinnott on this, you know, could, Joe being the quintessential Fantastic Four inker, uh, I think you you would have seen a great improvement over it. Or if you could have put Marie Severin on it, who is possibly my favorite for the Hulk in many ways, uh, I think you would have seen a lot of improvement over what you've seen here. Right. Uh, so it's got good aspects of it. It's got bad aspects. So I think by definition, it's about a C. Um, it could be better. Uh, there's a lot of things that could be better. I've definitely seen a lot of Trimpy that's better. Story-wise, here's, here's my, my theory on this one. Uh, you know, the Marvel method. So I think Roy Thomas goes to Herb Trimpy and says, here's, here's my story. The Hulk is traveling. Reed Richards comes up with a cure for him. He's trying to lure the Hulk in. He comes into the city. Confusion happens, so they fight. And eventually the Fantastic Four are able to subdue him so that Reed can try out his cure, continued next issue. That's his elevator pitch of the plot. Go ahead and draw those pages and then I'll dialogue them. I think, And I think that's fine because I think that story is fine. And I think Trimpy did a decent job storytelling-wise, you know, with a couple of slight exceptions, like the uh, the carpet 
train track and things like that. But other than that, I think Trimpey put together a, a, a nice story here. And the biggest problem I have is I think Roy Thomas dropped the ball in dialoguing it. I think if he had put some better dialogue in a lot of these pages, put some better explanations for why things are happening, uh, you know, just just did a better job with his exposition, I think this story would be much improved over what it is. So, uh, it's, you know, in theory, it's fine. It's, there's nothing wrong with it, but I just think it, like I said, the dialogue is a problem, and that's the writing. So, I'm going to say a C minus, you know, good in theory, just not great in execution, much much like some of the artwork in here. Uh, and I'm going to give the book overall just a C. It's acceptable. It's fine. It's, you know, but it, 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 it's thing versus the Hulk, so it should be a lot better. So I just found something fun. So uh, to get ready for the next book, I punched up the um, the synopsis on the Marvel Wiki. And yeah. if you punch up that page for Fantastic Four 112 on the Marvel Wiki, follow the, the picture straight or follow straight across from the picture of the cover. There's a little ad on mine. It's an ad for World of Warcraft. The ads probably change depending on. Return to a lost oh, okay. era. Okay. And then continue over from there. There's a panel. Now, the background of the page on the Marvel Wiki is made up of all different panels and, and shots, like screenshots from, there's one from like the Lou Ferrigno Hulk and from the cartoons and the movies and everything. But there's a, a little panel in the background that shows the thing saying it's clobbering time. That panel is from this issue that we just covered, Hulk 112. Or oh, that's cool. It's uh, it's page eighteen, the the fourth panel in the book. I thought that was cool. So I was just cool. looking at that, going, "Hey, that I didn't I just read that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, here it is, right here in the book." So how's that for uh, for sheer coincidence? Good, good catch. <laughs> All right, are we ready for the next book? Sure. Are. All right. So the next book, the next thing versus the Hulk tussle that we're going to look at is uh, Fantastic Four number one twelve. And for just a moment, this really threw me because I'm thinking, wait, FF's been around longer than the Hulk, so how is the Hulk's numbering higher? But you got to remember, the Hulk's numbering took over from Tales to Astonish. Yes. So yeah, that book had been running longer than um, than the FF, so that's that's that that numbering thing. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, Fantastic Four number 112, which was published uh, in July of 1971. The story on this is called Battle of the Behemoths. And the writer is Stan the Man Lee. The penciler is John Buscema. Inker is Joe Sinnott's uh, letter Joe Rosen. And evidently Stan was editing himself still at this time. Now, I really like the cover on this one. The cover on this one is very simple. It just says right on the cover, Hulk versus Thing, enough said. There is a completely black background, and you got nothing but the Hulk, large and in charge, and uh, the Thing squaring off. Uh, and it's I think it's an awesome, awesome cover. It's, uh, it's by Buscema, and uh, according to this, uh, inked by Frank Giacoya. Is that how you pronounce his name? That's how I pronounce yeah. his name. Whether he <laughs> pronounces it that way, I don't know. I'm going to refer you, while you're looking at that cover, to take a look at Submariner number 8, Yes. the cover, yes. which also by John Buscema. I knew that this reminded me of something, and you're absolutely right, yes, because I actually have this book. It's one of the very few issues of Submariner that I do have, and yeah, you're right. It's 
it's neat because it's almost like if you turned the image of 112 around, this would be the other perspective, except, you know, it's not, it's no longer Thing and Hulk, and now it's Thing and Submariner, but yeah, that, that's cool. Well, so the total total black background and the two just facing off against each yep. other, uh, it, it's, I mean, the, the two are very reminiscent of each other, and they are they happen to be two of my yep. favorite covers. So yeah, I think it's awesome. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any bones about it. I'm not gonna bury the lead on that one. I love this cover. I love both of them. This cover really strongly reminds me of. Do you remember the old? I don't know if there were cards. I just remember stickers. But there were these Marvel stickers back in the 70s, and I think they had like little dialogue balloons on them. With yeah, they have you know little word balloons where they just say something, you know, either, either, you know, it might say it's clobbering time, but it also might say, hey, I need lunch right. or something, yeah, stupid something stupid like stupid. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what this reminds me of. I, I, I guess because so many of those were uh, Buscema illustrations, but that's really what this cover reminds me of is, is one of those cards or stickers or whatever the hell they were. But yeah, it's, I, I, it's you know, for such a simple cover, it's really cool. It's It's a good one. Yeah, it's, it is very simple, and that usually kind of goes against some of my inclinations. But the one thing I find is the longer I do this show and the more I make my opinions very strong, the more of a hypocrite the show turns me into. <laughs> Welcome to podcasting. <laughs> Such is life. All right, so I have not pre-read this. I have no idea how good or clunky it might be, but here we go. This is the synopsis for the issue from the Marvel Wiki. The thing's rampage through New York City is suddenly interrupted. Now, I'll, I'll point that out again. The thing's rampage through New York City. The the thing is on a rampage. We don't even need to know why. The, it's funny because... Are you, are you familiar with this time, I, this time period not, in, the, this, in the Fantastic Four? This is quite a ways back. This is probably, well, it's well over a year ahead of where I am in the read-through, so I was not. So I'll, I'll be honest with you, I did cheat and go back one issue just to find out why was the thing on a rampage. We, we have an ongoing storyline here. I think it's about five issues or something like that. It's in, maybe from one, 107, I think it is, uh, where Reed comes up with a the, with the perfect cure for the thing. Uh, where he is, he has actually got the ability himself to convert back into Ben Grimm when he wants to, and turn into the Thing when he wants to. Oh, Similar okay. to the Hulk, only only he retains his intelligence throughout. Right. Uh, and, but the problem is, every time he does it, he becomes more angry and rampaging. Okay. All right. Yeah. See, I only. And then, but by, by by issue 111, he's he's run amok. I gotcha. See, I only went back one issue. I went back to 111 just to see, because this this issue literally starts where, as the synopsis says, the thing is on a rampage. And the very first page says, as the rampaging thing battles the police in Central Park, um, the hate maddened Hulk attacks him. And that's all we need to know. So it does not recap anything for you. So you're really just thrown into this. And normally I I can like that sort of thing so long as I can figure out what's going on. But in this instance, I really wanted to know, wait, 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 wait. Why is the thing on a rampage? Um, so, yeah. So anyway, uh, Things Rampage to New York City is suddenly interrupted when he is attacked by the Hulk. Now, the Hulk just shows up here, um, but they have not tussled yet. This is this is the Hulk entering the story. Thus, why we're you know starting at this issue. 
Anyway, as the two monsters battle it out in Central Park, Reed Richards is hard at work trying to find a cure for the thing's personality disorder. (laughs) Johnny briefly interrupts Reed to show him a televised editorial by Daily Bugle owner J. Jonah Jameson, who is calling out to the people of New York to rise up and crush the Fantastic Four. Just as Reed finishes telling Johnny that they cannot... Uh, deal with the problem at the moment the electricity in the building is suddenly cut off suddenly there's too many suddenlies in this synopsis suddenly they get a call uh, from walter collins the owner of the baxter building who once more demands that the fantastic four vacate immediately reed hangs up on him and when johnny tries to run off to join the battle alone his leader pulls him back in pointing out the throng of panicked people protesting outside the baxter building who are now trying to break in uh, now that the power is out. Wow, who wrote this? Anyway, the two then begin thinking about how to restore the power so that Reed can finish his work. Meanwhile, back in Central Park, the Thing and the Hulk continue their brawl as the authorities close in with heavy artillery, because that always works. These weapons hardly (laughs) phase the two combatants who send the police fleeing uh, in the ensuing chaos. As the fight begins, uh, I'm sorry, as the fight brings the two into the city streets, the press continues to record events as they happen. As they happening, it says here. God, who wrote this? Spell check. Uh, Listening to developments at the home of Agatha Harkness. Oh, my God. I hate her almost as much as Aunt May. In Whisper Hill. Is that a real place? Sue begins to worry over her husband. Offering her aid, Agatha Harkness conjures up an image of Reed from her crystal ball. (laughs) Realizing that Reed is working hard at solving the current crisis, Sue decides to be by her husband's side and leaves baby Franklin in Agatha's care, flying away in a ship. Also hearing developments over the radio is Alicia Masters, who decides to go into the city and find Ben to convince him to stop his battle. Alicia stumbles through the city streets... (laughs) That's just funny to me. And a desperate search for the thing. Thing and the Hulk's battle uh, has taken them back into the heart of the city where the pair continues to cause untold property damage as they fight each other. Alicia manages to find the pair and begins to call out to her estranged boyfriend. While back at the Baxter building, with Johnny channeling his flame into an energizer device, Reed has enough power to begin completing the device that will allow him to cure the thing. However, back at the battle, Alicia is struck in the head by flying debris, which gave me such a destroy flashback, let me tell you. Uh, More on that after. Uh, Distracting the thing long enough for the Hulk to land a powerful blow. Reed and Johnny soon arrive in the aftermath of the battle. As the Hulk begins to revert back to his human form of Bruce Banner, Alicia and Johnny make a horrifying discovery. The thing is apparently dead. And that's our synopsis, which was okay. So that's so that'll be our last thing versus Hulk battle. <laughs> since um, he's dead. Un, unlike the last issue, uh, I really liked this one. This is this gives you exactly what the cover says. It's it's awesome. It's an epic tussle, and I wanted to mention destroy which I know I talk about a lot on this show, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, Destroy was a a, one, a huge oversized one-shot by Scott McCloud back in the 80s, 86, 87, 
um, that was just a fun send-up of over-the-top superhero battles. And I seriously wonder if this issue may have been the inspiration, or at least an inspiration, for that book because of two things. For one, it's two mega-powerful characters thrashing each other and just trashing New York City, which is exactly what happens in Destroy. But there's also a moment during the battle in Destroy where the girlfriend gets conked in the head by a piece of flying debris. And it's it's exactly as depicted in this issue when Alicia gets conked in the head by flying debris. So I, I can't... I just can't imagine that that's a coincidence. And I, I, I so want to get in touch with Scott McCloud and be like, dude, it was, was destroy your tribute to FF 112. Cause it sure feels like it. But anyway, what you got, Paul? I love this one. I absolutely love this book. Uh, this, this was, you know, I had started collecting the, the FF was in the one forties. So this, this run here, the uh, you know the the early 100s, uh, was one of the ones you know the first ones as a back issue collector or one of the early ones that I was able to get. And this whole build up with the curing of the thing and then his you know becoming uh, unhinged and then the battle with the Hulk and then the follow up on this was uh, the Overmind, uh, which has who has you know subsequently been turned into a nothing villain. But at the time this all went on, it was like it's it felt epic. Right. So, so this is this is like right in the middle of of what I felt what I felt was an epic run of the Fantastic Four, and it didn't let me down in the slightest. Uh, I, I just I love every aspect of it. I think the artwork is really solid. Uh, I think the story is fine. You know, we do have a scene here where the Hulk pulls out the uh, the ground from under the thing, like as if it's a carpet <laughs> again. So, you know, again, it's it's something that's just I'm seeing over and over again, and it's just annoying me when I see it. There's also another part where it just makes no sense, and I just think it's an artistic choice that they kind of didn't, you know, didn't think out well enough. Is you know the the thing throws a statue at the Hulk of General Forbush, uh, but uh, when the Hulk Hulk catches it and breaks it into pieces, which is fine, but he crushes it into dust. <laughs> and again, the physics don't work that way. It's just you know, just because you pressed right. it hard doesn't mean it's going to break into dust. You have to, you'd have to crush the individual pieces to, for that to happen. So it makes no sense from a, uh, you know, from an actual physical point of view. But those are really nitpicks. Uh, I like, the, you know, oh by the way, the thing with the mob outside and James Jonah Jameson and all that all ties into the Overmind uh, aspect of this because he's uh, okay. like influencing people against the Fantastic Four, which they don't really let on what's going on here, and you kind of learn that as you go along with later on in the story. Uh, so, it, you know, it's part of an you know an overarching theme. Uh, the battle itself, as you said, is epic. Uh, you know, just, just overall, I just thought this was really, really solid. It's just a great read. It's a fairly quick read. Yeah. But it's a great, I think it's a great read. Uh, I, I just, I, I, you know, I get a kick out of the people who say, you know what, I'm going to draw Alicia Masters, but I'm not going to look at the character model at all. I'm just going to draw a uh, generic woman, and I'm going to just make her eyes blank so that she's blind. Because she looks nothing like Alicia that. has in the past. <laughs> I, I wondered if she had a, 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 you know, a celebrity makeover or something, because I thought the same thing, that she didn't look like normal Alicia, she, but she looks really good. 
Because I, I think uh, Buscema draws really attractive women. And so when you see her in this for the first time, especially when she is, you know, stumbling through the streets, I was just like, wow, you know, she she actually looks really good. She looks very mod. She looks very Mary Jane Watson. Um, yes, but, you know, again, we're, we're 1971 now, so it's, it's probably right about the time where that would have been the stylish way for her to dress. Right. One of the choices I really liked in this Oh, actually, there's several, but one is, uh, you know, when it says next issue, the awful aftermath, it's actually imprinted on a, a panel of the book yes. with, with you know, Reed, Johnny, and Alicia, you know, standing over uh, the thing's body. Uh, so it's not just, you know, normally you'd have that panel and then underneath it you would have just a panel with the words. This is worked into it, and it just, to me, it seems so cool. It, it, it makes it feel more epic and makes you think, is he really dead? You know? Uh, then there's other choices. Just right above that, there's the thing turning, uh, the Hulk turning back into Bruce Banner, all in one panel with one, two, three, four, five different images of him, uh, at various levels of the transformation. I think that's kind of a cool way to show that effect really, really quickly because it's almost inconsequential to the story at this point but it's something you just want to show that it happened so you did it all in one panel but you still had a uh, you know the the actual transformation in there which I think is really cool uh, just overall like I, you know there's just so many things about this I liked I tell you the, the thing that I think I, I, I liked the most that I, I I don't know what made me pay attention to it but when I did and, and did a little homework on it, I was like, that's really cool. It, I like the fact that, you know, the the Marvel Universe is our universe. You know, they're not fighting in Metropolis or Gotham City or Central City. They're fighting in New York City. And while the statue that uh, gets tossed about is of General Forbush, which, you know, was an inside gag to Irving Forbush, um, there's a shot later on here. It's on page eight. So they're they're fighting each other. There's the shot that you, know, that you don't like where Hulk rips up the lawn and, and knocks the thing off his feet. But the next thing the Hulk does in the third panel on page eight is he grabs this tower. And I'm looking at this, and it has like Egyptian-looking hieroglyphics on it and everything. And it's, it's essentially this giant obelisk. And... There's no footnotes, there's there's no other dialogue, but the character's talking. But I'm just looking at this going, wait, what the hell? An obelisk? So I looked it up, and it turns out there is a giant obelisk in New York City, in Central Park. And if you go to, it's all one word, centralparknyc.org forward slash blog forward slash obelisk, there's a whole story about this Egyptian obelisk that came to New York City in 1879. It was a gift to them. Um, I forget from who, the British Museum or something like that. And I just thought, that's really cool that, you know, whoever, I'm presuming Buscema, because he's the artist here, you know, whoever decided to just throw that in, it lends a level of, of authenticity to it, and it's just fun. And, and again, there's no footnotes, there's no attention called to it, but it's there. So I'm thinking, you know, if, if you're a New York City resident and, and you know these things, then that would be really cool because that's something you could you could walk to or drive to or what you know what I mean? That you could go to and see, oh, my gosh, this is where the thing fought the Hulk in, in FF1. I just think that sort of thing is really cool. Now, it has to be said they destroy it. You know, the thing's 
3,500 years old and they just wantonly destroy it. But I, I don't know. There's something about that that's really kind of neat to me. And uh, they also, you know, the thing destroys the uh, the Central Park carousel as well, which, you know, I've seen that in, in movies. And so I think that was in the, the Punisher, wasn't it? The Netflix series. That was one of the settings in that. I don't, I don't remember. But, uh, I, but uh, well, the, the only thing is, with the way he destroys that, there's no, there's no way that those, uh, whether they're police or army, whatever right. they are, there's no way that they're surviving. Right. Not a chance. But you know, I you 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 don't outrun that thing that fast. Right. And look and look at the way it. it I mean, it explodes. Even if they did outrun it, they're still going to get hit with all sorts of shrapnel and stuff. <laughs> But anyway, that's besides. I am a total sucker for these kind of tussles in the Marvel universe. Um, you know, there's this, there's you know, there's the one I, I can't remember what issue it is, but there's the one where uh, where Thor and Herc just destroy, just I mean, just cut this wicked swath of destruction through New York. I, I love stories like this. I don't know why, but I just do. So this one, this one to me is great because it's just. You know, punch, smash, punch, smash. You know, and just they 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 fully go at it in this issue, and they're trashing everything with just no regard for for property or for really for people, which is kind of rare for you know for this kind of thing. You know, usually one of the characters is is very concerned about the civilian population, and they make sure that they you know they fight in a you know, in a condemned neighborhood or so. Nope, they're they're cutting right through the heart of the city in this one. So it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I agree totally. It's, this this is in my sweet spot, definitely. Uh, what do you think about uh? What do you think about the battle? Who who who? Uh, oh yeah. See, I I feel kind of torn on it because I think every good shot that gets in is the thing. Yes. But when all is said and done, he's the one who, who's laying out there and they think he's and dead. It's like you're reading my mind because as I was reading it, I was thinking, oh my gosh, is this going to be our first decisive, the thing takes the battle in this. And I remember thinking that one of the things that, that was really interesting about this story is that this is the thing fully unleashed. This is, for all intents and purposes, this is rampaging thing. You know, so he's he's on a he's almost on a Hulk mental level. At the same time, he seems like he's almost on a Hulk physical level. So he's just about holding his own with the Hulk. Um, and I'm wondering if it's because of rage fueling him. And I thought that was interesting because I totally agree with you. Most of the really good licks that are gotten in in this story are the thing. And so. I'm really tempted to give the battle to him. Um, I'm trying to remember what is it that takes him. Well, oh, when he, he when he when he when he does lose, it's because Alicia yeah, distracts he's distracted. him. Distracted. So, yeah. So that to me, that's similar to the the Hulk getting knocked out by the Wrecker's Ray when he's yeah. fighting the thing in the in the first one. Now we called that one a draw, even though the Hulk got knocked out ultimately because we thought, well. Yeah, he got knocked out, but it wasn't because the thing outdid him. Uh, so we gave it a draw. Now this one, the thing got knocked out, but it's and it was by the Hulk's punch, but it really wasn't because the Hulk outfought him in any way. Right. So, so I I think I am you know, and 
once again, I'm going to say like I did last time we covered this, I am a little uh, biased and I am going to lean thing-wise if I can because I, I always felt a little frustrated that he doesn't win enough of these fights. So I'm going thing, I'm going thing on it. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to overanalyze it because I was about to make an argument that, well, you know, the thing's gotten in all the good looks, you know, good looks, good licks and everything during the fight. But at the same time, he's clearly shown to be weakening, whereas the Hulk is just ramping up. But, you know, I, I'm going to side with you on this um, because I, I think he, I'm thinking he's giving as good as he's getting in this in this fight. And he really did get, uh, you know, he did give the, the best uh, showing in this fight. So, yeah, I'm going to give this one to the thing because... And I don't think that's going to hurt much because I don't think that a lot of these fights are going to go to the thing. But, no, I don't think so but either. It, I think it would have so, been interesting to see this go, you know, it, its natural progression. You know, what? what well, they, they don't like it to go to yeah, natural progression. They, they don't, you know, they like you to, to think draw as often as they can. Uh, so our, our tally so far for you is two wins for the Hulk, one win for the thing, and two draws after five issues that we've covered and i have it as one win for the hulk one win for the thing and three draws we did five so Oops. for me it's tied right now yeah well because we did uh fantastic four 112 right. 25 oh, 26 that, the, yeah okay. and then the yep. two today that's right yep so let's rate this book overall as well i, I think we're going to have some real high grades i'm going to i'm going to just Go really quick. Sure. Uh, the cover, the cover, I say, is an A plus. I love this cover. The interior art, I think, is not quite A plus, but it's really, really solid. Uh, I'm torn between an A and an A minus, but I'm just going to go A on it because I think it's really solid. And the story-wise, it's just a fun tussle. There's really no area where it lags to me at all. I think Stan is hitting on all cylinders. I like a lot of the things he does as far as like. Reed stopping Johnny from going into the battle and things like that while they're working on trying to do things and then Johnny being pissed at him at the end because the thing they think he's dead and he's blaming Reed for it and uh, I, I just think there's you know he hit on all cylinders and I'm going to give the uh, the story just a solid A and I'm going to give the book a solid A um, I think this is probably going to be my easiest grade ever because I'm going to give it a solid A plus right across the board. I think it's a, an iconic cover. I, I think it's awesome. I think the art is just incredible throughout the entire issue. Uh, I mean, you got John Buscema and Joe Sinnott. I mean, does it get better than that? And then the story is just, it's just awesome. It's so much fun. It moves. It, it doesn't get silly or stupid. And, uh, I, I think this is a great issue. I think uh, probably the best testament I could give to this issue is I don't collect the Fantastic Four anymore, and I've been actively downsizing my FF collection. I actually want to go out and, and get this issue and add it to my collection just because it's, it's so much damn fun. This is a really, really good issue. I totally agree. Uh, so as we continue our retrospective on this, our next episode, whenever that will be, we'll be covering Marvel feature number 11 and uh, Giant Size Superstars number one. Now, where does, so, Hulk, where does Hulk 153 factor in? I'm going to have to look. Oh, that, that would be before Giant Size Superstars, so maybe we need to cover that. I didn't realize that was in the... Uh, 
in the mix. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to do my homework on this and uh, and see if I can get these you know in a in a more is uh, you know full full disclosure for the for the listeners. So where I'm getting my information uh, on this primarily is uh, there was a massive torrent some years ago that uh, that I got that uh, is just listed as Thing versus Hulk fights. Um, but I have found as we are going through this that uh, they're in some weird kind of order, that they're not in publishing order. So I'm just going to have to go through and, uh, and do some homework on this and see. Okay, so then it's possible that that one, because that would be before yeah, that one's, Superstars as well. Yeah. So it might be that one and uh, and uh, what you call it, Marvel uh, feature. Is there an actual thing battle? Yeah, there is. I mean, I don't know how long it is, but there is a thing battle in that issue. There so is, yeah. the next time out, if we do two, it'll be Marvel feature and Hulk uh, 153, 153, you said? yeah. Yep. Okay. So... Something for everybody to look forward to, and if anybody finds, like I said, a definitive uh, list of when they met, when they've met, you know, that would be really helpful. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This was fun, Scott. This was fun. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Been reading anything fun and exciting? Nope. Nope. <laughs>